Hey there, welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Really great to be back with you guys as it has been a very eventful week for the Braves, a really positive week after a rough one in New York. You know, the Braves come off of that series in New York. They lose four out of five games. Let's be honest, they were pretty much dominated by the Mets. And in really frustrating fashion, a lot of soft hits, a lot of soft contact. Uh, Spencer Strider had a, a really funny comment uh, after his loss of just, you know, obvious frustration of the Mets' weak hits and, um, you know, maybe a little bit of luck and some really bad umpiring as well. And that was just pretty much uh, the series that the Braves uh, experienced. Uh, but yet, uh, the Braves show their resilience coming off of that series. They have now won eight games in a row. Uh, they started that streak in Boston with a short two-game series. Um and they beat the the Red Sox in those two games. They they move on to Miami and a four-game sweep sweep in Miami. They come back to Atlanta, hosting the Mets in, in one of the biggest series of the year, and they have won the first two games of that series in pretty uh, dominating fashion. So really uh, just feeling pretty good about themselves right now. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the task is not done. The Braves are still three and a half games back of the Mets at this moment. Uh, they have a really huge game and a, a big task ahead of themselves tonight as uh, they go against Max Scherzer. Uh, Jake Odorizzi is pitching for the Braves. So on paper, that looks like a pretty big pitching mismatch. Odorizzi hasn't been incredibly impressive for the Braves in his first two starts. But, you know, it's baseball. Weird things can happen sometimes. On paper, a matchup looks really one-sided, and you could have Odorizzi come out and pitch – five or six shutout innings, you could have Scherzer not be quite as sharp, um, or it could it could be kind of what you expect and Scherzer dominate. So we'll have to see, but the Braves uh, have clearly made some adjustments, especially against the Mets. Um, but offensively, I think they made some adjustments uh, right away after that Mets series. Uh, I talked about my frustration of watching them in that series. Looked like from a hitting standpoint, most of the guys were we're, you know, just swinging for the fences, pulling off balls, not having a good approach and up the middle or, um, you know, other way kind of approach that tends to bring a little more success. Um, and they have had that approach since the offense has been very good uh, in these eight games and the pitching has been pretty good too. the pitching has been kind of um, back and forth. The Braves got a lot of big contributions from some guys you might not expect in that Miami series that allowed uh, the regular starters to get some extra rest. Um, and so I think a lot of positives have happened over the last week. But, you know, a lot of Braves news has been, have been has been breaking as well, especially in the last 24 hours or so. So I want to get into that, especially. I had originally meant to um, focus a lot on Vaughn Grissom and his um, coming up to the bigs and his very impressive start. And I will talk about him some, uh, but there's some, some more – late breaking news that has happened recently that I want to get into first. So of course that, that first is the Braves uh, winning the first two games of this series against the Mets. Um, they defeated the Mets 13 to one in game one of this series. It's great to get that kind of start uh, against your, your division rival, just a dominating performance. Spencer Strider came out after those uh, comments in New York and uh, he he backed him up, 
it was definitely a different approach, one that I think is important against the Mets. They don't strike out a ton, especially sw uh, you know swinging um, and chasing outside of the zone. He was much more aggressive in the zone in this uh, in this start. He didn't strike out as many as he usually does, but uh, it was effective. He went five innings. That might not sound like a lot, but there's a there was a weird you know one hour rain delay in the middle of this one. So for him to come back after the rain delay, still give solid innings, uh, was pretty impressive. On the other side of the ball, Carlos Carrasco come out, uh, came out. He'd given up uh, two early home runs to the Braves before the rain delay. Came, tried to come back um, and tweaked his oblique, which is kind of big news for the Mets in terms of an injury. Uh, you know, one of their main starters behind DeGrom and Scherzer. Uh, and so we'll have to see about that. But the Braves definitely took advantage of the Mets bullpen uh, in this one. And um, it wasn't a ton of home runs, honestly, um, after the two early ones. It was a lot of uh, line drive, base hits, good uh, good play overall on the base pass, that sort of thing. I think you had something like every Brave starter had a hit and scored a run in this game. So it was just a total team effort uh, from them. And, you know, that approach, that up-the-middle line drive approach is just something that the Braves had, had gotten away from in New York. And it was very evident that they were um, just a totally different team in this one. Another thing that I took note of is no Ozuna uh, in the lineup. And it just looked like the best lineup that the Braves could put out there with Darno coming back uh, and catching after about a week off. Um, and with Contreras as your DH. Uh, unfortunately, Rosario went down in this game with a uh, tight hammy. It didn't look like he pulled it, so hopefully he won't be out long um, but nonetheless uh, I definitely took note of Ozuna being out of the lineup and he was out of the lineup again for game two even with Rosario down with an injury so I just wonder if Snickers finally got to that point of uh, benching Ozuna I think we'll probably still see some spot starts from Ozuna especially when um, Contreras uh, catches but we'll we'll see about that so in game two the domination continued especially from the pitching standpoint as Charlie Morton uh, struck out 12 Mets in six and two-thirds innings. Man, it was a really impressive showing from him. Again, a Mets team that doesn't strike out a lot, uh, but they weren't chasing a ton. Uh, he had his curveball, curveball working um, masterfully in this game, and every time they looked for the curveball, he would he'd throw a fastball by him. So it was, again, being aggressive in the zone against the Mets, hitting your spots, and um, they didn't do much at all against Charlie. And uh, then the Braves uh, bullpen came in and, and had a nice game as well. You had Matt Olson hitting just an absolute bomb uh, over the chop house. Uh, in this one, you also had Robbie Grossman hitting his first home run as a Brave. And from the left side, which is supposed to be his weaker side. So some really good things happening for the Braves offensively and from the starting pitching standpoint, which both looked really bad uh, in New York. So really encouraging stuff from them. Now, that is fun enough to talk about the on-the-field stuff, but some breaking news from the Braves as well as Mike Soroka uh, finally made his um, his pitching debut, if, if you will, his first professional start in over two years since his Achilles injury. Um, it was in August of 2020 that his Achilles uh, went, 
and uh, and then it went again about a year later. And you know, Soroka has been on a long and winding road of getting back on the mound. Uh, you just felt for him. Uh, he's uh, he's a tough guy, and he especially mentally tough. And he's made it back. And not only did he make it back on the mound for the Rome Braves, uh, which is their their high A team in the minors, but he dominated uh, to be out of Major League Baseball for two years. And I don't care what level you're in. He went out there. He pitched four innings, gave up one hit, struck out eight in four innings pitch. So just really encouraging stuff from Soroka. I don't know what to expect from him, uh, you know, this year. You kind of hate to put any expectations on him. You just love to see him on the mound. Will he be in Atlanta at some point to uh, to contribute to the big league club? I hope so, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, but it's it's great for him to be out on any mound, any professional game, and uh, really pulling for Soroka, one of my favorite Braves for sure. Uh, he's just such a cerebral pitcher uh, with all sorts of different pitches, a lot of movement. Uh, and, you know, don't forget – 2019, Soroka was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, this was his rookie year, finished second in rookie of the year, sixth in the Cy Young voting, and um, you know was an all-star. And Soroka was the number one guy, and Freed was number two. And look how Freed has kind of taken the reins as the Braves' ace. Um, you know, I don't want to put that on Soroka. Of, you know, he'll be he'll be an ace anytime soon, but he certainly has it within him if that leg can hold up. So. A lot of um, a lot of excitement. I'm trying to hold it back a little bit because I know you know Achilles are well. Let's just hope that Soroka can get back and be healthy again. Now that was exciting enough, but then late in the evening, uh, more news broke as Michael Harris was given an extension, and this is a very surprise thing. I mean, Harris has only been in the bigs for about a half a year, but man, he has been very very impressive. Exactly what the Braves needed and. Let's be honest, the Braves' turnaround coincided almost exactly with Harris coming up. It doesn't all, you can't give all the credit to Harris, but certainly had a lot to do with the Braves' uh, outfield situation solidifying. And uh, excellent, uh, immediately excellent defense from Harris in center field, but some great offense as well. So Harris was given an eight-year, $72 million deal, uh, which actually has two club options on the back end of it. So it really could turn into a 10-year deal for Harris, who's only 21 years of age. Uh, those club options, uh, $15 million in 2031 and $20 million in 2032. Uh, so really even then, I mean, you, you look at you look at those numbers, that's as high as it gets is $20 million in 2032. Um, this is, I think, it has every uh, possibility to be an incredibly uh, club-friendly option for the Braves while locking up a really, really talented player in Harris. He's already playing basically at an all-star level at 21 years of age. Uh, will he? Could he get any better than that? Yeah, I mean, he, he could, and he could be a perennial all-star. Now, he's young. He could go through struggles. He could, um, you know, there's some risk certainly in this deal, any kind of long-term deal like this. There's going to be inherent risk. He could get injured. He could digress. But I kind of doubt that that is going to happen. Uh, of course, injury could happen. But I think the way that he approaches um, hitting, he could only get better. Because uh, you see a few weaknesses uh, that, that are there. I mean, particularly, he, he doesn't take a lot of walks yet. 
and I think that could improve over time. But, man, he hits the ball hard. He hits it the other way hard. Um, he had an incredibly impressive home run uh, in Miami in the last game of that series to basically save the Braves and, and get a win there. So Harris is just a very exciting five-tool player, um, already giving you gold glove caliber defense, uh, potential 30-30 kind of guy, 30 steals. I mean, he's 13 of 13 in steals this year. Um, and, you know, you just see a dynamic player when he's out there. Uh, the eye test is real. He, he is a great defensive player. And, and that defense, that speed gives him a real low floor. Even if he were to have a year or two where he's struggling more offensively, he's still going to be a really valuable player for you. And so what is this setup? It sets up the Braves long-term to just have this amazingly talented and athletic young core of players. Uh, Austin Riley, of course, locked up. Ozzie Albies, uh, Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, now Michael Harris. And, you know, you have other guys who are still under team control, even if they don't get an extension, like William Contreras and Vaughn Grissom. So the Braves are in great shape, <laughs> to say the least, um, to be very good, uh, to be perennial contenders for years to come in the National League. Uh, left field, DH, and maybe shortstop are the positions that the Braves have some question marks on. If Vaughn Grissom is real, and can play shortstop, even if even if they let Swanson walk, maybe they have that position covered as well. We're going to get into that in a second, but uh, that's probably the biggest question mark, you know, of the off season is what do the, what do the Braves do at shortstop? Uh, they have to, you know, they obviously have an important decision to make there in terms of Dansby or somebody else. But the Braves just have very few positional needs at this point, and that gives Anthopolis a lot of leeway to, you know, go out and maybe uh, spend some money on a big pitcher or, you know, maybe just having one need at one position and, and going big there. So it's pretty exciting for what is to come for the Braves, but obviously having so many good, talented, proven young players at the big league level is really, really exciting. You know, so let's talk about Von Grissom for just a few minutes. Uh, Grissom came out and um, I mean, it, you talk about a really surprising call up. I mean, it was, I was excited because I've been following Grissom for a while and he's, he's been pretty dominant in the minor leagues, but at the lower levels, he was mostly at uh, Rome um, this year, had just been called up to double A Mississippi, had, had not even gotten a hundred at bats at Mississippi, but had been very impressive there. He gets called up once Orlando Archery pulls up with a pulled hammy. And in his first game, his first major league hit is a home run over the Green Monster, which was just absolutely crushed. Great moment, his his family in the stands. Um, and what I was impressed with was actually his second hit in that game. If you might remember, uh, he comes up after that awesome moment, which was like a first pitch, um, you know, just demolishing of a fastball. His, his second hit, was he he worked the count he got behind in the count he got back into it by taking a couple close pitches he had gotten behind by chasing a couple of really nasty sliders and the adjustment there was he he was it looked like he started looking for the off-speed pitch and then he he put a uh, a slider into a left field for a base hit and that kind of smart adjustment hitting um, from a 21-year-old tells you this guy has some talent and not just the ability to hit the ball a long ways, 
but get a lot of hits because of how he is able to adjust on the fly. You know, he also hit another huge bomb in Miami, over 440 feet. So he's showing you he has real raw power. Um, his last game in Miami was really impressive. Not only two more hits, but two walks. And they were both ones where, you know, he's uh, taking close pitches, working the count, and taking walks in, in big spots. One thing that I'd heard from uh, about Grissom is he, he doesn't walk much, and that's one of the weaknesses of his game. But, you know, with sometimes – in, in the minor leagues, you know, a guy who has a great hit tool, he never gets to a, a deep count just because he's able to put the bat on the ball a lot. And I just wonder if that was true of Grissom. But he's he's shown so far at the big league level that he is um, he can be a patient hitter and work work the count. This is just another one of those things that, um, you know, it's a big boost to the club. It's exciting to get new young talent uh, that is contributing. You, you see Grissom and Harris and Strider and these young guys just kind of palling around and, and um, you know, pulling for each other and, and laughing on the bench. And it's just it's just fun. It's fun to watch. Brace fans have seen this before, you know, when Frank Hoare and McCann came up, those young guys. And even in years past uh, before that, you know, young homegrown talent. It's just a different vibe on a team than a team that's built all about, you know, big free agent signings. Uh, it's just, it's exciting. Uh, there's a little bit of innocence to it. These guys are experiencing this stuff for the first time and it, it boosts the team. It, it jazzes people up. So really exciting stuff. And don't forget Ozzy Albies is hopefully going to come back. There's a, there's some question of, okay, what if Grissom is continuing to hit at this level, what happens to him? Uh, you know, I wonder if they might try him in left field. It's not something you can just automatically go out in the left field and not, you know, not bat an eye. I mean, so we'll have to see if Grissom can do that on the fly. Or maybe he gets some at-bats at DH. We'll just have to see. But, um, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's just really, really exciting baseball that we're seeing from the Braves right now. Uh, <laughs> and then long-term, you also start thinking, like I mentioned, what's going to happen with Swanson? We might be a little ahead of, our, ahead of ourselves. We're only about a week into Von Grissom's big league career, but he's just showing some things that make you really excited about about the future. Um, but this, the rest of the season is really important, I think, for the Braves long term of where they go directionally. Swanson, another shortstop. Is Grissom able to play short? Is he maybe destined for left field long term, which, like I mentioned, is one of the few holes that the Braves have. Um, so it's, it's going to be very interesting. But what is also really interesting is the last two games of this series with the Mets. Like I said, the Braves going against Scherzer tonight. they got to take on DeGrom tomorrow. It's very good that the Braves took the first two games of this series. If they can even just split these next two games, they're going to set themselves up better for the rest of the year to try to get this NLE's crown. And, of course, if they can find a way to win both of these games, you talk about some real momentum um, and, you know, the Mets really might start getting nervous about the Braves the rest of the way. So two huge games coming up. I'm going to be very excited to watch these games, and I hope you are too. Guys, I will talk to you again soon.